One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. I would love for you to give an introduction to yourself and um, kind of the evolution of your journey to get to Making Local, which is your new initiative. But I know you have a background as a maker, which a lot of listeners will relate to. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what you're doing and what brought you to here now. Yeah. Um, So my name is Sarah and I have always been doing something with my hands, whether it's uh, knitting all through college or making wedding invitations. I did that for about 10 years on the side. I've always been doing stuff that's not my day job. (laughs) Um, And that sort of evolved into me making... um, making macrame and selling that as Collectania shop and doing a bunch of markets and all this stuff. And I, and I loved it. And then I was like, "Mm, maybe I don't love macrame as much as I did last year. And it doesn't really make sense as a small business owner or a maker to keep changing up what it is you're doing. I mean, to some extent, yes, absolutely. But if you're going to be a maker, like be a maker and stick to it and develop your brand and build your business. And I'm not really good at doing that. Uh, What I realized along the way is that I loved connecting with other makers and small businesses. And I loved hyping up other makers and small businesses way more than I liked running my own. And so that's (laughs) where making local sort of came out of was like, how do we make local more attainable, more sustainable? How do we make shopping from other local businesses and makers, um, more noticeable. Like how do we develop that initiative, that lifestyle change from shoppers Mm to, to sort of point them back to all these incredible humans that I've met along the way, making just insanely cool and high quality products. Yeah. I am so excited about what you're doing because I feel like it's, it is really needed in our kind of like high tech, um, very corporate world. Um, it's become so easy to just like order things online from Amazon and have it delivered and not know anything about where it came from, how it was made, where it was made, um, you know, the values of the specific business that we're shopping from. Like we yeah. have just kind of like stopped having any of that information in for the sake of convenience. So I love that you are like, you understand people want that convenience. And so you're kind of looking to bring the convenience factor into helping people find and connect with local businesses. So, so awesome. I was talking to, I was like pulling my Instagram followers, which is not a huge following and that's totally fine. Um, I was 
trying to get a gauge for what the hurdles were for people shopping local. Like, why is it that you're not shopping locally? Like, if you know that you can buy handmade jewelry and it's dope, why aren't you like, why are you still buying jewelry at Target or whatever? And they were like, well, I can't go look at a bunch of different types of jewelry all at one time, or I can't find, you know, housewares all in one place by different people. And so that's where the idea of this like directory, this resource came from that's searchable, uh, filterable. You can filter by your values. You can filter by what product you're looking for. You can search directly for a business name. There's tons of different ways to use it. And ultimately the shopping always goes back to the maker or small business themselves. I feel like it's just solving so many problems in one in one fell swoop. So um, obviously we have listeners of the podcast are probably almost all small business owners, a lot of them product based business owners, um, but we're also all consumers in some way. So I would love for you to just talk a little bit about making local, like how does it work? How does it serve me as a maker and how does it serve me as a consumer? Like how would I use it in each of those cases? Great question. Um, from the maker small business standpoint, you're getting new eyes on your website or your Instagram or your product, whatever that is. You're going to get new eyeballs there that are going to be looking for exactly what it is you're selling. If you're a candle maker and somebody types in, I want, uh, I want candles there. It's going to pull up the, you know, X amount of candle makers that are on this directory and they can maybe pick the one that's located closest to them or that they think has the right like value aspect that they're looking for. Maybe it's a BIPOC maker or um, an LGBTQI maker or something. Um, so from, from the small business standpoint, you're getting a whole new audience that would otherwise not be able to find you. And from the shopper standpoint, you have a way of shopping for exactly what it is you're looking for with the filters that you want to have on it. Like, are you looking for an AAPI business maker who sells jewelry? Guess what? You'll find those. Are you looking for somebody who's specifically located in Edmonds, Washington or Seattle or Portland? You can find those small shops that are going to be in that city near you where you're taking a weekend trip. Um, so it's, it's very... Uh, customizable to what your needs are. So if, if you're looking for something specific, you can literally find the keywords that fit what you're looking for and it'll pull something up. Love. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've tried to do this a lot in the past and what it normally looks like is me Googling like Seattle based candle maker or um, black owned uh, clothing companies. Like it's, it's there's really not a great place to go for this. So, um, this no, is an awesome and, thing to be created. And you don't know necessarily what the quality is. I think one of the things that is nice about the making local directory that I'm aiming for is a, a curated marketplace. So, not everybody and their mom is going to be able to be on there. And I don't mean that from an exclusionary standpoint, I just mean, um, all the products on there are going to be quality goods. Either I've seen the products or I've been in the shop or it's somehow vetted. Like you can go to Etsy and you can shop for all those things. And, and yeah, but anybody can be on Etsy. They'll pay a fee for it, but 
you can sell whatever you want there and people will buy it. Um, I really wanted to keep making local curated so that it was um, a more trustworthy resource, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Vetted is a great word for it. Vetted. Great word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked about like, here's this awesome solution to people wanting to shop local. If we're backing up a little bit and maybe there's someone listening who hears people talk a lot about shopping local and like support local businesses, but maybe hasn't dug quite into like the why of it yet. Why should we all be considering and maybe even prioritizing shopping local? Oh, so good. (laughs) One of the things I was reading in an article online, I I don't remember where I read it, but it was written by the Better Business Bureau. And the statistic was something like $100. If you spend $100, locally, $68 of that stays in the community versus when you shop and spend $100 not locally, only $48 of that stays in the community. Hmm. So I think just if we're talking money, spend your money where you want to make change. Um, If you're going to shop locally what is that? 20 more dollars out of 120% more stays in the community when you shop locally. That's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's because small businesses tend to support their local community more. They tend to give back to the community more. Um, and they're paying local people a living wage in the community. So that's, I mean, that's, that to me is like so incredible. It's a huge Mm -hmm. change. It also is more sustainable from a save the planet standpoint. Most small businesses are more conscious of uh, eco-friendly packaging or reusable materials. Um, They're more conscious of sustainably sourced, ethically sourced products. Um, You're going to get a higher quality product most likely, and it's going to be better for the environment overall and long term. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the first one you mentioned, like the, the, the money going into the community, um, it's easy to sort of like condense how important that is. But yeah, it's like it's it's paying people to have jobs. It's those people who are I mean, let me back up. I feel like one thing we talk a lot about on this podcast is the ripple effect. And mm. so the tiny um, act of you choosing to buy your candle from Particle Goods, let's say, who's an incredible Seattle-based candle maker, um, yes. from them instead of like mass market producer online, is yeah. that she's a local maker. She's paying her staff locally. Um, mm-hmm. Those people get to earn wages and like are paid fairly. And they like have families and lives to support. So like the, the impact of making a purchase, it's, you can really, if you want to trace like every step of the ripple in that, that decision. So, um, yeah, I love, I love everything you're saying. A thousand percent. Um, and, and like, uh, London, the owner of Particle Goods, I know that she sources things locally as often as she can. So she, in turn, is turning around and also supporting right. not only local agencies, um, but also other local businesses. And like, 
there you go. You're just, you're, you're turning that ripple to infinity. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. So let's say we've convinced people to shop local at least more often. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yay. My um, job is done. Are, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not quite. You're still on the hook. Um, what are some ways or like parts of your life that people can think about shopping or spending locally? So we've used a couple of, of examples of like different makers, but um, what are some different like let's broaden our definition of local. Like how are the ways that we could be shopping local? I think some of my biggest hurdles are things like technology. Like I'm never going to be able to find a piece of technological equipment. (laughs) I sound so old. Um, I'm never going to be able to find a piece of equipment that's like handmade. But if I could find a local shop to go into and support them, then I can bring my reusable bag and I can purchase directly from somebody who is paying people locally. Um, other things to think about are things that you use every day. Like how, how did, where do you get laundry soap? Do you get it at your local grocery store from some giant company or do you get it from, uh, maybe a local boutique who's working with a maker, who's in the area. Um, changing, changing how we make decisions to buy things, I think is even more important than doing the actual buying. Um, maybe not Mm -hmm. more important, but equally important. Like that's such a good point. I haven't been to a restaurant that was like a chain restaurant in years. Okay. That's probably not true. That's probably not accurate. (laughs) I try really hard (laughs) to prioritize going to a food truck or going to a local restaurant or a local coffee shop rather than the chain restaurants or whatever that are all over the world. Um, Because those businesses are going to be fine. (laughs) They're going to be around for a long time. They don't need my $20. But the local coffee shop that's around the corner from me definitely does because they they're paying their employees well. And Hey, those employees know my name when I walk in and they know my order. And like, that's so much more special than going and through a drive through where nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the, I mean, yes, there are all these awesome reasons to shop local and to shop small, but, um, and like, they're good for the world. It's making a positive impact. You can feel good about that, but the experience a lot of the time of shopping from a small business and or a local business is also like way better. Like there's the personal touch. They know your name. They might write you a thank you note when they send your order. If it's a maker and note to all makers listening, like I totally would encourage you to just add that extra <laughs> personal touch um, because it really makes a difference, right? You notice yeah. it and it stands, it stands apart from like yeah. the order you like got a from robot. a maker. A robot did not pack your order. (laughs) No, like a person with a name who like put the sticker on it and like sign (laughs) their name. Like, yeah, it it just feels good to be like, oh, there's a human on the other end of this transaction. Yes, for sure. Um, I think of it like um, the TV show Cheers, too. You know, like, hey, Nom, like everybody knows you when you walk (laughs) in. That's such we just we're not used to that anymore. 
we're used to the yeah. hi, welcome in. How are you doing today? And it's like, you don't care who I am. I love that I can go into some of my immediate vicinity locations in Bothell where I live and they 1000% know who I am. Like most of the staff, mm-hmm. like I can tell when there's somebody new. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, I haven't met you yet. <laughs> What's your name? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what are you doing in my coffee shop? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't know my order yet? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I used to work in a coffee shop and, you know, the regulars, as you call them, like they're so fun. Like you get to learn about their family, you get to learn about their life, you get to hear what they're doing. And in turn, they hear you. And I think that that's just a really special connection that especially after 2020 that I think we're missing a lot of. Um And I think that's one of the things that we miss out on a little bit with all the digital communications we do now too. Um, Both miss out on and experience it differently maybe is a better way of putting that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I've also made a lot of connections with people online from interacting with something that they've posted or said or a product that they've made or whatever um, that maybe ordinarily I wouldn't have met. So I guess that can Mm -hmm. go both ways. Yeah. Um, the word that's coming to mind just with a couple of different things I've heard you say is intention. I feel Mm. like with shopping small, with shopping local, really the, all we're asking you to do is to like for a second, before you make the purchase, before you go to the website that you're used to going to, or, you know, into the big box retailer, like just say, to yourself, is there a way that I could like support a smaller local business with this purchase instead? Sometimes the answer might be no. Sometimes there are going to be like cost implications. Like we Mm -hmm. definitely um, acknowledge that a lot of times shopping small or shopping local is more expensive because of a lot of reasons. And so sometimes for a lot of us, like it's not a decision that we can make all the time to to support the smaller local business. And like, I know I speak for Sarah and I, like, we are not here to shame you about that at all. No, I just want to come out with that. Cause like, sometimes I think this can be like a shamey topic. Like we're not here to do that at all. We're just asking you to like apply that extra bit of intention to your shopping decisions. And if it's possible, like, might it be worth spending a little bit extra money or waiting an extra day to get it or whatever. Um, if that's yeah. possible, if that's like not a hardship for you, like consider doing that. Absolutely. I think I even wrote that down on my piece of paper when I was going over some things. I was like, it's the, de- it's the, it's the intention. Like you said, it's the decision-making process. Like where can we make those small changes because they have a really big impact and it's not doing it all the time. Like, Good luck finding a pair of shoes that's handmade. I mean, like, yeah, they exist, but it's not like you can't find a pair of running shoes. You know what I mean? Like there, Mm -hmm. there are certain things that that's just not possible for, or just not feasible for. Um, But Mm -hmm. with the things that are, those are choices that you can, you can make and, and really make count. And I think that that's so great. Like one of my favorite examples is like jewelry and mugs. Like I never need to buy a mass produced mug again in my life because there are so many cool mugs out there. Like I, I, I do not need more mugs, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I right. really enjoy being able to make that a, you know, make that a small business purchase. 
Yeah. And just like, it feels good to like look around your home or like the possessions that you have, or like you say, like the laundry soap you use. Um, and to be like, Oh, like, you know, this I'm, I bought this from a small local business or small business or local business, whatever it is. Um, who like really like put a lot of thought and care into the materials that they use and what it's made of and the process of making it. And, you know, I can just feel good about it. And, um, I don't know, like, so it just feels good to like kind of observe those items in your home, I guess I would say. And I know from having seen a lot of zoom footage of your home, Sarah, you are a, (laughs) um, a very good, um, like, I guess, supporter of small and local businesses yourself. So definitely walking the walk. (laughs) <laughs> yeah a connoisseur connoisseur of small yeah. business items <laughs> <laughs> we've alluded to this a little bit um which is like sometimes it costs more to shop local or shop small right so let's talk about are there ways that we can support small and local businesses without actually buying from them Yes. Uh, I think one of the best ways to do this that is probably the least utilized is leaving a review. Say you bought something from somebody two years ago and it's like your favorite t-shirt in the whole world. Like go snap a photo, upload it to their website or their social media or whatever, tag them in it and leave a review. I think that that can be so powerful for spreading um, the word about a quality product or a really fantastic small business. Um, like I'm, I'm probably, I need to be telling myself this more often too, cause I don't remember the last time I left a review, but it can be a really powerful tool. I mean, people, especially in this digital day and age are reliant on other people's feedback to, to vet if something mm-hmm. is worth investing in or worth purchasing or if that restaurant is worth going to. Um, So leaving a review can be really powerful. Um, Also, Instagram, social media, go follow them, go share their work, you know, tag them in something or, um, you know, show off your new mug and tag that maker or, or when you visit a small business, like take a picture outside and tag them because it, brings awareness to to that business and that you like it and Mm -hmm. those are both free yeah yeah and I think um I just want to like call attention to the fact that if anyone's listening and I know a lot of people are listening if you're listening (laughs) and you are like a small business owner who makes things or even has a service and you can think of one of those instances where someone took a picture of your product or like unsolicited went on Instagram stories and said, you know, I just worked with Sarah as the photographer. She was incredible. Like she made me feel so comfortable and beautiful. And like, I love the photos or, um, someone out of nowhere, like bought a bunch of your stuff at a market. And like, when they got home, they took a photo that's like of everything they got and was like, I'm so excited about these new things I got from local card maker, Lauren, whatever it is. Um, for me, a lot of times it's, um, people who listen to this podcast and they'll like tag me on Instagram and say, I've been listening to this podcast. This is what I like about it. You should check it out. 
like these things feel so good when someone takes the time to do for you. Yes. Um, but I think, and they're not hard. They're really not hard to do. So I just want to encourage all of us to like channel that feeling of how good it feels when someone does it for you and just like realize you can create that for people like every day of your life by just like, (laughs) you know, appreciate or it could be like go around your house. And if you see something small or handmade that you bought, it doesn't have to be yesterday. It could be like two years ago. Um, Like that's a perfectly appropriate moment to admire it and give that person some credit and um, you know, attention hopefully. So yeah, yeah. just wanted to play to that, like feeling like I know we can all relate to that, like how good it feels when people express their appreciation without us asking them. Yeah. Well, and that can make all the difference for the business owner too, right? Just like mentally or emotionally, like maybe they're having a crap day and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're not feeling the love of their product in that moment. Maybe they're like, oh, taxes, great. You know, and then somebody posts something and they're like, oh my goodness, I love that so-and-so made this and it fits so great with my plants. Uh, that like totally changes attitudes. And um, mm-hmm. I think we all need a little bit more positive reinforcement these days. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you said that. I feel like that segues perfectly to the next topic that I wanted to dig into with you, which is like business mindset, something you and I have talked about a lot together. Um, And yeah, you just made the point of like how sometimes it's the most simple gesture that can like completely flip the switch on your mindset and your energy and make you feel completely differently about what you're doing as a small business owner. So I just would love I know that I've shared on the podcast a lot about my own mindset journeys and like ongoing um, I don't know, contending with mindset, but what is your take on this? Why is mindset important and relevant in your small business journey? I think mindset can be absolutely life-changing. Um, I, so, um, London from Particle Goods is one of my dear friends and, um, we sort of accidentally coined this term for me called surprisingly upbeat. And that is sort of my general mindset. I am typically surprisingly upbeat. That doesn't make me an optimist. (laughs) I'm still very much a realist, but I, even when things aren't super great, there's always something to find in it that to be upbeat about. Um, And for me, that came from a place of, of making for most of my life, I made a lot of excuses and, I didn't make any change to my lifestyles because I was making excuses. And um, I realized that, A, that's not super productive. And B, that it was all in the way that I was thinking about it. Like my responses to every situation in small business, in life, in family, in whatever, was because of the way I was looking at it. It was because of the angle I was coming from. It was because of that mindset that it was just like, oh, everything is terrible and I can't do it. And I was like, well, that's, Mm -hmm. that's nuts. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, what if it wasn't that way? What if all these things that I was making excuses weren't real? Or maybe they are real, but what if, what if they're not overcome? Like, what if they are overcomable? 
Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a position of an, uh, um, then you come at it from an angle of possibility rather than an angle of impossibility. And that just felt amazing. I was like, oh, well, if this is just something that I've put in my own way, that means I can get rid of it. Or that means I can work towards something. Or that means I can change the way I'm thinking about that. And all of those things became a lot more manageable, a lot more achievable. Um, with this small business right now, I have a full-time job. I'm, I totally have a day job. I work 40 hours a week doing that. And then there's the side project. And so one of the things that I'm not super great at is setting deadlines for myself that I have to stick to. And Mm -hmm. that's okay because I will get done when I need to get done when it gets done. And that's permission that I've given myself because otherwise I would be stressed and overwhelmed. And ultimately that's not going to make me better at what I'm doing. And not everyone has that luxury and not, and that doesn't apply to everything. But for me, that Mm -hmm. that's, how it's working right now. Yeah. Well, I, we were just chatting a bit earlier before we hit record about like, um, getting things done essentially. And we were looking at like a list of stuff that, um, you were working on Sarah and you, it was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, look at all these things you got done. And we were able to like have that approach to it where like there were some things you didn't. So it's just this perfect example of mindset. Like you can look at a list that has 80% of the stuff checked off it and say, oh my gosh, I didn't get everything done. Like what a failure. (laughs) Like what was the point of doing anything? Or you could look at that same list and be like, whoa, like look at all this shit we got done. Like that's crazy, you know? So, and it's the same list of stuff that either got done or didn't like nothing changed except the way that you decide to think about it. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love this. And I feel like mindset just, it's so easy to underestimate how like ridiculously influential it is over how we feel and how we act, but it really is everything. Well, and I feel like too, um, we're so conditioned to look at a, an unfinished to-do list and think that we're failing or we're mm-hmm. so conditioned to say, Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't get X, Y, Z done, you know, shame on me. And it's like, you know what? No, you did something today. You, you did it girl, <laughs> guy, whomever you did it. Um, and I think, we get so conditioned to be so hard on ourselves and it's like, no, give yourself permission to look at something and call it a win. Even Mm -hmm. if it's not perfect, even if it's not a hundred percent done, even if it's not exactly the way you thought it was going to turn out, you Mm -hmm. did it. Yeah. Yeah. And something I remind myself of a lot is, um, done is better than perfect. Or like another way of saying that is perfect is the enemy of the good, which is just like, if I'm aiming for perfect and only celebrating and like giving myself any credit when something is perfect, generally what that means is I just don't do things or I do them a lot slower (laughs) or I like (laughs) you and me both. (laughs) Yeah. Keep at it over and over and over and over again. Like, tweaking, refining, and like not actually making progress. 
Um, so I just want to encourage anyone who relates to this, like perfectionism is uh, for me, this perfectionism has probably been like my number one hurdle when it comes to, comes to mindset and business and just like being willing to be like 80% good, like B, (laughs) solid B quality, like (laughs) a, a B paper. If you think about it, there could still be a lot of like really great useful content in there. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, once you finish that B paper, you can go on to write the next paper, which might be an A. So you just have to like, kind of create stuff and like keep moving. And that has been my big mindset thing. Um, do you have any other specific mindset challenges, Sarah, that you would share about like kind of your experience with them? I think we get into comparison a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, like I was, okay. I was making macrame before this. And one of the things that, um, when I first started getting into it, I was making all this macrame and I was like, Oh, this looks like everyone else's macrame. Like, why would somebody buy it from me? Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I realized when I went to go try and take photos of it, that it didn't go with any of the stuff in my house. And I was like, well, shoot, if I'm not even going to buy it and I'm not going to hang it up on my walls, why am I making it? And that, mindset shift there was like, what's my alternate point of view? Like, what is it about the thing that I'm making that maybe a thousand other people have made? What about my point of view, my experiences, my style, my whatever makes that product or service unique? You know, there's hundreds of people, thousands of people making macrame in Washington. Why would they buy my macrame? And, and it was because my point of view was different than theirs. I, I switched and started doing a very like mid-century style macrame, which wasn't as common. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm using this as an example because most people, when they think of macrame, a very specific type of thing pops in their mind. Um, we, you know, go back to London again with the candles. Like, what is it? There's a bazillion places to buy candles. What is it about those candles, that perspective that makes it unique? And it's where she's coming from. So I think the other mindset that's, especially for makers and small business owners, is that your point of view is unique and that's your superpower. So take it and run with it and celebrate it and develop it and, and embrace it. Because that's what's really going to change how you think about your work, which is going to change how your work is. And people are going to be excited about it and buy it because it has your point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this idea of just kind of like leaning into your unique point of view or your unique style. I think it's something we can apply to like not just the actual product we create, but like everything in our businesses. Yes. Um, something I see a lot of comparison with is like social media, for example, like, oh, so-and-so said you have to post 10 stories a day and um, three feed posts a week and two reels. And so like, that's what I have to do. Well, no, if that doesn't feel good to you, if that's like overstimulating or you just don't enjoy creating that type of content, like that energy is not going to translate into something that people like react that well to. So I think... You have permission from Sarah and all those <laughs> to like really do your business your way and lean into what feels right and aligned with you. And that's really what's going to pay off the best is just like 
letting yourself do it your way. Yeah, totally. One other thing I think we sometimes overlook as small business owners is that we have expenses as business owners, right? So if you are a maker, you probably have supplies that you use. If like you're macrame, you have the string and the wood and whatever. I'm, I don't do macrame, as you can probably tell. <laughs> um, if you're me, like I have a greeting card business. So I buy paper and envelopes and I used to print things myself. Now I use a local printer, um, packaging supplies, like all sorts of different business cards, lots of physical materials, and then also services. So people who I work with to help get stuff done in my business. Um, these are all opportunities to, to think about shopping small and shopping local. And a lot of times we just don't really apply that same thinking to our business. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you, what, what advice do you have for people to approach Champion, championing local businesses as a business, not just a consumer. Yeah. I think one of the things you mentioned already was like getting things printed locally. Like as much as you can go support your local print shop or your local mm -hmm. um, package packaging maker. Um, like there are places that print uh, and die cut boxes for, you know, uh, whatever for necklaces or anything. Um, you can get mm -hmm. a lot of those things locally and, um, they're not necessarily more expensive than getting it from some huge nationwide manufacturer. Um, mm -hmm. the other thing would be like, um, I know you do this at station seven is if you're a small business support other small businesses by selling their product wholesale, well, retail, but mm -hmm. buying it wholesale, um, that can make a massive difference for other small businesses. Um, and then lastly, lastly, I'm sure there's a gazillion more, more ways and more reasons, but, um, packaging like sustainable, uh, tissue and all of that, like there's some big companies doing really amazing things. Um, and then I hope more small businesses start, doing that also. But if you can find something that's sustainably made, even if it's not local, that's still a, a huge way of, of continuing that proponent of all of the small business things. It just brings us back to kind of this thread that has carried throughout this conversation, which is about intention. So, you know, maybe there isn't a tissue paper, like a eco-friendly tissue paper supplier locally, but like how, what is another way that you could apply some intention and some of your values to that purchase? Um, and yeah, like you say, choosing a sustainable and eco-friendly supplier whose, whose work and values you align with, like that would be another great option, even if it is a big company or something that's not local, whatever. Um, there are so many ways to just apply intention to your business decision-making. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of another another way, partnering with other small businesses. So maybe you do uh, something where you feature a small business that you love on your social media, or um, maybe you do a, some sort of seasonal box, subscription box or something where you, you connect with other small businesses and put together this one box that is sent out with those items all together. That would be another. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's really just all about creative thinking and also putting yourself in other people's shoes, right? Like what Mm. would feel good as a business if someone did this for you? Like go do that for other people. Yeah. And that's a pretty good surefire way to, you know, be showing some level of support for, for a small local or just do good business. So, um, Okay, this I feel like we've sort of spent our entire conversation answering, but how do you approach doing good through your small business? (laughs) I am your small business hype girl. Like if you need a little shout out, like I'm your girl and I will do the hyping. And (laughs) um, that's, I mean, I want to bring connection and community to the small, I mean, the small business community already is a thing, but I want to connect more people to it. And I think that that, um, that just does a ton of good. It does a ton of good for the shoppers. It does a ton of good for the makers and small business owners and restaurants and event hosts. Um, that sounds like I'm tooting my own horn and maybe I am. Um, that, (laughs) that just, it like brings me so much joy to be able to do that that it's totally rewarding. No, I mean, yeah. And I think, um, I love asking this question on the podcast because it is asking people to toot their own horn. Like, what are you doing? That's good for the world. But the thing about having a business that has like some sort of social good or mission or values orientation is like, you can really stand behind that. Right. It's like, it's not just like buy my, buy my product because I have the best business ever. It's like, buy my product because I genuinely believe and know that through your support of my business, like the world is somehow in some small way becoming better. So I love this. I love that answer. And I love the asking that question. And yeah, I'm, I'm asking you to toot your own horn. So permission <laughs> granted forever. Um, what is one small business that you admire? Well, we've already talked about her a couple of times, but um, my <laughs> dear friend London makes incredible scent-based goods. She It's primarily candles, but she makes a ton of other stuff. Her company is called Particle Goods. I know that you know her also. Um, mm-hmm. But we have been... She she was actually my boss <laughs> many, many moons ago when we worked at Paper Source. And um, I just totally respect the way that she does business. I think she is growing and scaling in such an honorable way. Um, and she sticks to her values and has since the beginning. And I think that that's so important. Um, so... Yes, she's my friend, but yeah. also the way she does business. She also gives back to the community every um, quarter. She does a percentage of her sales to a local um, like community program. She changes it up. but um, mm-hmm. So she does a lot of good with her business. She's has incredible products. And I just think she's doing everything. Even though it's hard, she's doing it the hard way because it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Great recommendation. I totally co-sign that one. Everyone <laughs> carry her products at station seven. They're huge sellers, but like more importantly, they are just things that things to buy that are beautiful, but also 
like actively doing good through buying them. So yes. great suggestion, Sarah. Nice. Um, what is one book you would recommend? So I was thinking about this and I don't know, I feel like somebody has to have already said this, but um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle has been pretty magical for me of late. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar. You know, I am familiar. I haven't read it though. And it has been recommended, I think, on this podcast maybe once. Okay. And I, it still didn't make me read it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I was Talking okay. about mindset, I think I think that um well first off, Glenna Doyle just has a way with words and she's a an excellent um storyteller. She's just she's very clear. It's not a hard read, but it makes you stop and think and um without feeling icky. Like it's all mm-hmm. like she talks about hard things but makes it approachable enough that you're like, oh yeah, okay that's doable Mm -hmm. or, Oh wow. I hadn't thought of it that way before. And sort of gives you a, a little speaking of mindset, like a mindset shift. Um, yeah, I loved it. I totally think it's awesome and empowering and a great book. Perfect. Okay. Before we, before I end recording, I want to make sure that we talk to all of the makers in in the room, in the proverbial room, um, you should join this directory. Like this, if you have a local, as in like small, really business, mm-hmm. um, this directory is something that I think you should really consider joining. Um, there's no reason not to. It's really easy to join. But Sarah, do you want to yep. share a little bit about how to do that and and where to direct people? And I will also link this in the show notes. But um, Sarah's going to walk you through how it's done and how easy it is. Yeah. So if you go to makinglocal.com, you can either click on directory on the top of the page or just type in makinglocal.com slash directory. And that's going to take you to the hub. Um, And if you're a maker, small business owner, food, wine, whatever owner, that's basically a small local shop of some sort, um, you're going to click add entry. And it takes probably two, three minutes and um, you'll just type in your, your name, your business and upload a logo and that's it. And then you click apply or send, I think is what it says. And it comes to me for basically filtering to make sure that I don't have like weird bots signing up because nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it takes like three minutes. You just go to makinglocal.com slash directory and click add entry. Amazing. Amazing. Everyone go do it. By the time this episode airs, I will have done it for myself. I think you should do it. Um, we're Sarah's going to be putting a ton of work into promoting it to consumers. So this is just a great kind of no brainer way of getting more eyes on your business, which is what we're all wanting. So um, definitely go do that. And again, it's making local.com slash directory and then add entry, or I will also link that in the show notes. Sarah, where can everyone connect with you and um, learn more about your work online? Yeah, um, I'm mostly on Instagram. So Instagram is at making local. Um, so either there or the website. And I would love to chat. I'm on there probably more than I should be. Um, we all are. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and like just letting me geek out and pick your brain about all things small business. 
I love what you're doing. I think you're such a great example of like following your interests and like really pursuing what lights you up and what you're most passionate about in a way that I feel like we can all kind of learn from. So love watching you develop making local and really excited for everyone to listen to this episode and join the directory. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I always love chatting about all things small business. And um, I have loved chatting about other things with you like mindset all the time. I could do it all day long. So we'll we'll have to do it again. (laughs) 